Good evening, morning, or afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Science Pokemon. I am not Veteran Lucas, but I am Professor Collins, and with me today is Fisherman Don. Howdy, howdy. And I like how you did that in a weird order compared to how everyone else says <laughs> good morning, afternoon, and evening. So uh don't I don't think I know the order right now. <laughs> First week of school is brutal. <laughs> Oh, I bet. I, I'm in between jobs. I got my new job starting, but I've got like two weeks off, so I'm doing nothing. Yeah, it's like weird to go from like, like you know, just natural sleep cycle and like when the kids wake up to like, oh, it's quarter to six. You should wake up now. Yeah, that's when I was waking up for my last job, actually. But you know what? That aside, I'm so excited. Uh, we have so much news in this episode, and uh, I'm excited to retouch a topic we talked about in, I think, our first live episode, uh, because we have some special, uh, I guess this is a celebration that we need to talk about in our news. And I wasn't there for the last one, so there's that. Cue the music. You know, the introduction always gives me goosebumps because I can never remember what I did when I made it. Yeah, um, especially in this scenario, it's a little shocking. <laughs> All right, so let's go. We got a plethora of news here. Uh, yeah, uh, new competitive news. Tell us, tell us. All right, us. yeah, so I'm going to jump into the first half of this real quick. So as everyone knows, Worlds uh, for VGC, um, best format. Well, this year it was not the best format. But anyway, last weekend was Worlds. And during Worlds... We got some cool teams, though. We did have some cool teams, and we'll talk about those in a second. But first, I want to talk about the new stuff that was revealed for the Gala region. So we have Galarian Weezing's ability, Neutralizing Gas, was revealed. It just nullifies other abilities. I'm really interested to see if that is just like a, a field-wide mold breaker kind of thing. As we saw, it looks like that, and, I've, and I, I'm wondering if we're going to see Regagigas. Yeah, I, I'm sure someone's going to do that. I feel like typically the first year of a new format is typically like the restricted bonds aren't allowed but if we have something like slacking um that could be really big well reg regigigas isn't considered restricted yeah i thought it was no because it's not a it's not a um it's not a mascot fair enough either way so yeah maybe we'll see it um it'd be kind of exciting if we do um, and I do wonder also <laughs> regigigas regigigas everywhere they could easily too just put in some sort of like thing or doesn't do it but we might still have that or, or slacking or either way one or the other would be cool yeah that'd be cool and i'd be interested to see if it's like a field-wide mold breaker or if it just nullifies abilities like if an mon with intimidate were to switch in would intimidate not trigger so um interesting stuff to see with going forward other than that we had the new move breaking swipe which is a physical snarl which is super exciting i for one have wanted a physical snarl and a special intimidate for a long time so we have one of those now. We'll see if we get the other. I'm keeping my fingers crossed, man, because so much of these new moves and new abilities are really based around like stat changes. Yeah. Um, we did also see Milotic in the new trailer, which assumes we'll have Milotic and Galar. Milotic's going to love anything that drops stats. Well, and Gyarados and, and Arcanine are there with Intimidate. Yes. And so we have Intimidators confirmed. Um, yep. hopefully not Incineroar, nothing against him, but I would like a break from Incineroar on 80% of teams. 
<laughs> Don't tell my five-year-old that. <laughs> I know, I know. But and then we have um the new items we saw. We saw like room service, I think it's called, where speed drops when trick room goes up, which I feel like is so cool. There's definitely gonna be some cool mons that have like a niche used for that, where stuff that wasn't viable in trick room but was in like that awkward kind of too slow but kind of like too fast. middle that middle area, that like base eighty range. I feel like could really use yeah. that. Maybe that will combo. That's gonna with be a, good. That and then combo with a hammer arm get real spicy. And then we saw the eject button, but if your stats drop, which I feel like... I think that's going to be cool. I don't know. I mean, it's kind of like scary at the same time, but think about it. You use superpower, and then you get a free like U-turn. Yeah, it's... I feel like it's going to be niche. Some mods are going to use... Someone's going to find a spot for it, but I think with... Pre, like, typically Intimidate's pretty common on a lot of teams. Um, so I think with the stat drops of Intimidate's and switching into a Snarl, that could bounce you out. Uh, maybe on a mon with like clear body could then give you a real good niche. Like say if you had like a hammer arm metagross, then you're not going to switch out Ooh. until you do that hammer arm, and then you're going to give yourself the drop. But otherwise, you're not getting drops. So that Ooh. could be really cool. Um, I, I I really like that idea actually. Yeah. So we saw that, and then we're in terms of world's news. Uh, shout out to first place. Um, who Nauta? Yes. Um, I apologize for my lack of pronunciation skills. Who had a really cool team. He had Culberberry Lunala, which was a great counter to all the dozens of random dark types at Worlds. Um, yeah, like who would have who would have expected it though? Like we didn't see that coming. Yeah, especially. Well, I mean, a lot of people, myself included, expected to see a lot of Lunala at Worlds, and there certainly was at one Worlds. Um, so a lot of people were teching on weird dark moves and dark types. Um, but Culberberry was really kind of out of left field, but also really cool. Because if you get your Shadow Shield break it broken, you still have a good shot to live that dark move. Um, so he had that, and it be, it came it came in it came in high use. It too. did because we had um, something I'd never expected to happen. We had an Umbreon on the runner-ups <laughs> team for Masters. For Masters, uh, who's Hero Fumi? Was that his name? Uh, oh God, I I'm sorry. I, I I just closed the the results window. I just remember they're both from Chiba. And I thought that was really cool. They're from the same prefecture. They probably have been to the same like regional events. And it was really cool. I liked seeing one of the EVs on a world's team. I mean, all the time people give it cr- people give the EVs crap, but then you're like, "Whoa, this Umbreon has been like Yeah, Hero uh, Hero Kimura was the runner up. I mean that Umbreon held its own against like some really tough stuff. It was. It's honestly a. Gr- it was a great call, just in terms of how it compares to Incineroar, where it doesn't automatically lo- die to Kyogre and Groudon. Well, and and th- I think the one big thing was, had he faced anyone else but that specific Barry Lunala. Yeah, Culberberry Lunala okay. plus Z Fairy Tapu Finny. Um. Oh. Yeah, he really had all the tools like, he needed to remove that Umbreon because otherwise, like looking at the team matchups, especially because, um. Uh, Naoto's uh, Salamence was hasty, so it would have been taking some massive damage from foul plays from that Umbreon. But he had yeah. all the right tools with a cool um, Z modest Tapu Fenny, which is uh, uncommon right now. I think it just um no, that thing was nasty too. Yeah, really exciting teams um for and um yeah, so just I honestly I, I really like both of the teams. But let's beyond beyond masters. I mean, because real quick, uh, also the new kid and I we had yeah. double dragon claw groudons in the finals. Yes, where was that coming from? Like what? Everyone realized that Rayquaza is too good. <laughs> it, it's a it's it's annoying. All right, I'll talk about your rat. Yeah, you know, the, no, no. Well, yeah, it's not a rat. Well, it is a rat, but it's not a rat. Uh, 
Yeah, the new kid and I watched all of Worlds. I I actually I hate people who are like, oh, you know, like you can't be creative in Pokemon because like I feel what is it? Three out of the past five Worlds have had a rodent in them. <laughs> yeah, um, we have had seniors this year with Toga Tomorrow. We had Wolf Glick in 2016 with, uh, Raichu. with Raichu and we had Seijin Park and the fan favorite Pachirisu oh, in 14. That thing was so cool. Also, he had Mega Gyarados, which I think is super cool and I like it a lot. Well, the, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, We've seen some really cool uses for these Pokemon that typically get these, like, you know, people talk about them so despairingly, but then we see them at Worlds and they just do amazing jobs. Yeah, the uh, fan service Pikachu clones, I've heard them called, aren't always just fan service and just Pikachu clones. No, I'm telling you, man, that Toga tomorrow. I mean, the encore on there, that was so, encore was clutch. it was so nasty. Also that move set was, I will say, um, <laughs> Ko, um, the seniors world champion is an absolute madman, um, running non lightning rod with just sturdy instead of lightning rod. Sturdy <laughs> with a jack button is a wild <laughs> set. And, um, I have the utmost respect. And I'm sure a lot of his, um, sure a lot of his opponents when they learned it wasn't lightning rod were probably pretty bummed because i'm sure like like i would looking at his team i would want to bring tapu coco and i'd be so worried about that togi Demaru about bringing something like tapu yep. coco yep so awesome job if you haven't gotten to watch it please go watch any of that stuff uh that said we got some news real quick uh in a more depressing science news the amazon is on fire burning at a rate of like four soccer fields per minute it's a lot yeah um so here's the thing the, we've talked about this before the amazon rainforest is literally 20 percent of the earth's oxygen i mean that's where it's coming from um and it's burning at a really uncontrollable rate so already this year and this this is coming from brazil's own government there's an 80 percent increase in fires uh and and here's here's the issue is that these fires, and this is what not enough people are really talking about, they're man-made. That's the thing. They're not just a, a freak occurrence. No. And so, like, scientists studying them, including scientists from Brazil's own government, have even said that these are all human-lit fires. Like, there's just the data and evidence does not line up for them to be natural disasters. So why are they happening? Well, there's a few different reasons. So... One of the big reasons is uh, Brazil's uh, uh, president, uh, for those of you who have not paid attention, uh, he has followed a very interesting yet depressing authoritarian trend that's happening in the world right now. Yay. Uh, (laughs) Bolsonaro, I hope I said that correctly, uh, and he is quote-unquote business-friendly. Now, Brazil has has a high poverty rate, a lot of people living in poverty. So what is one way that you fix poverty? Well, you develop, you know, you agriculture and industrial development. So that is the push. So regulations for the environment have been cut. But here's the thing is that by doing this, we're we're really posing a threat to ourselves. So this smog, this uh, cloud cover is so thick that it is now covering like three countries. Three entire countries are covered by this. Crowd. I saw some picture of it like. Some I don't remember the city in Brazil, but it looked like nighttime. San Paulo. Yes. San Paulo is completely black right now. Home of the VGC Latin American International Challenge Championships. Yeah. And the entire 
like there is cloud coverage and dust coverage covering over the Atlantic now too. This is spreading at a massive rate. So like when scientists talk about like why they're scared of like things like super volcanoes, you know, we think of like those old videos where the comets hit the earth and they, you know, with the dinosaurs and then the dust blacks out to the sun. This is a threat and it's a massive problem. And so this is one that we need to fix immediately. And these are the reasons why industrial countries and developed countries talk about giving aid to other countries is so that we don't see these kinds of things happen to the environment. Um, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying America like is, is this environmental safe haven. It is not in any way, shape or form. But if you want to talk about that, we can talk about it somewhere else. But, but I just want to make this clear. Like there are economic reasons that this is happening and it doesn't have to happen, which is the sad part. But this is something that we should all be watching and we should all be paying attention to paying attention to. Um, so just keep an eye out uh, on less depressive news. Let's talk about something really good. Uh, our podcast network has some big news. So hopefully it, this will be posted by the time this episode is out. We have our first event, which is called the Pokey Locked Challenge. And we are teaming up with Extra Life Pittsburgh. We are teaming up with the Children's uh, hospital foundation, the Children's Hospital of Pittsburgh Foundation. Uh, we're teaming up with Children's Miracle Network. This is going to be a huge event consisting of three parts. There's going to be an online playthrough challenge starting on September 16th, lasting all the way into November. There's going to be an online tournament hosted by our friends over at Mount Silver, and there's going to be a TCG tournament hosted in New Dim- by New Dimension Comics in Pittsburgh. This is going to be massive. I'm so excited. Information's coming out. Uh, check our Twitter, Facebook, everywhere. Please sign up. Please support. Um, if you if you don't want to participate, you know, donate. But if you do want to participate, all you do is you sign up, have a copy of Sun, Moon, Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon, and you go play the game for a few minutes. Make sure you get like 15 Pokemon. You trade with one of us. Um, you hit us up on like Twitter or Discord, and we will trade you 15 eggs, and you have to play the game with those eggs. Or just like find us in uh, person and yell at us if you're around. It's cool. Do whatever. <laughs> Come find me at work as I'm surrounded by children. It's a clearly appropriate. Do it. <laughs> but legit, it's going to be fun. And the prizes we got here are amazing. So we've teamed up with um, a pretty good chunk of people. We got T Public who's donating like several t shirts, which awesome. Awesome. I'm so excited. And not just t-shirt, t-shirt coupons. So you can pick out your size and color. New Dimension Comics is donating. Um, we have some custom plush makers, Dolphin Wing, Anubis Studios, Emberfall Plush, and Bubble Rhapsody. They're all donating handmade custom plush. Amazing, gorgeous thing. I know you're donating some world exclusive. I merch. have the world's Eevee um, up for grab. <laughs> It's so cool. Yeah, I think the, that thing's selling for like 50 bucks on, hat, on Indiana eBay. Jones hat, and I love him very much. Um, it's so adorable. And there's, I, I, I have, have other worlds, weird other world stuff too that I'll have to go through and kind of maybe I'll put that up for some of it up too. Well, and I got, I got several uh, fleece throws. I have um, mint condition I found and tracked down one of those like almost two foot tall tornadoes plush. The thing is amazing. Awesome. Uh, we got these pins from this. Yeah, yeah, we got this this guy called Proper Pokey Pins who makes um, shiny versions of Pokemon pins. They're gorgeous. He's donating. The winner of our online tournament is going to get a custom uh, commission of them and their team. 
Like, I'm just so excited for the prizes we got here. There's so much more, like, that I'm not even mentioning. Um, this is going to be awesome, and I hope you guys partake. Please support. Join in the event. Help us raise money, uh, even if you're abroad. I, I know other countries get good health care. America does not, and there are sick children, and we just want to help out. So please do help out. So with that said, let's move on. Okay, so let's talk about electricity. Yes, as we have the awesomely named podcast episode, Pikachu 2 Electric Boogaloo. I picked that name. I want it on the record. I did not pick it. Or rock on to Electric <laughs> Avenue, boys. Okay, I'm sorry. Um, anyway, so um, this episode, we've, we've done some before. The last one, Matt was actually not here for, but we talked about rodents. I don't remember it because I wasn't And And um, spawned by the champion, Patri- or champion Togedemaru. We're going to talk about him some more, even though he's not a rodent. But um, of the current roughly 4,000 living mammals, about 1,500 of them are rodents, which is a lot. Um, that's that's massive. Yeah. Rodent comes from the Latin word um, that means a Latin word like rodentia or something like that, which means to gnaw because uh, a characteristic of rodents is that their front incisors don't stop growing. And if they aren't gnawing and chewing stuff, they'll grow through their faces. And that's bad. Yeah, so we talked about how there's a lot of rodents. They're very adaptable. Rodents are an example of like an R-type species, which means they have lots of babies and they kind of accept the fact that they some of them aren't going to live because a lot of the times they're prey animals. So they have a lot of babies that grow fast and reproduce fast. Like insects. Like insects. Like most insects, at least. <laughs> not the cicadas. Um, not the cicadas. Cicadas are all about that long time. <laughs> okay, wait, wait, wait. But like they vary in size and like everyone eats them, right? Yeah, everyone does, including people. Yeah. Um, I have never eaten capybaras, which you know, are the largest. Uh, guinea pig rodent. were... were- were um, labeled as fish by the Catholic Church. So are capybaras, actually. Yeah, so that people could eat them. Because <laughs> capybaras swim, so they count as fish. So also, the Archbishop of Louisiana declared alligators to be fish as well. <laughs> Back in the day. You will need science. <laughs> that said, um, I have tried guinea pig once. Um, Ew. wasn't half bad. I would try capybara. If any readers or li- I mean listeners have had capybara, uh, let me know. I would like to try some. If you know know a hookup, I'm about (laughs) it. Okay, something not gross. (laughs) Let's talk about uh, electricity to animals, though. So, like, do we see this? Is this a real thing? It is. Um, It's primarily in um, fish. Um, The most famous one is the. Is I love fish. They're the best. Is um is eels. Um, there is the electric eel, Electros, despite being based on it, is not based off an eel. He's based off a land prey, which are not eels or electric. And that's been talked about in four episodes. So I won't talk about it anymore. But the electric eel is also not an eel either, but it's also not a land prey. It is a knife fish, which are their own family. And they're very exciting, interesting critters. A lot of knife fish are electric. There's um, You can actually have a few in your fish tank. The black ghost knife and the clown knife aren't half bad aquarium fish. Um, the clown knife does get quite large. They're invasive in Florida because everything is. Um, All of the stuff. But the electric eel is like sort of like the big daddy electric fish. There's also um, the elephant nose fish. There's an electric catfish. There's the several species of torpedo rays. There's the stargazer, which is the inspiration for the noble stunfisk. But I'll talk about the electric eel mainly because um, it's the strongest, if I remember correctly. The electric eel can generate, I think it's like 600 or 650 volts and up to one amp of power, which is an impressive amount. Um, they get 
up to like six to eight feet long, which is also very impressive. Um, they mainly use electricity for navigation and for hunting. So they have like a steady field all the time um, that kind of tells them what's around them. They can sense disturbances in the force. And um, also, so they run into another electric eel, their fields overlap and they're like, Oh, sorry, bro. And they can go their separate ways. Bro. And then if they, if they sense, if they sense like another animal in the field, that seems to be of eatable size, they can increase their output to a lethal amount to stun the animal so that they can then so eat like it. don't bring your phone near this thing i mean or do oh it's underwater so unless you have like an ios 6 or higher like maybe it just doesn't matter um if so galaxy and I- new iphone users uh go test it out for us not my <laughs> fault if you die no no don't test it out we're not recommending you test it out i am but off the record <laughs> jesus christ okay so how does electricity work? That's a good question, and I feel like asking it makes me feel like I'm like Charlie and always sunny in Philadelphia. Magnets. That's my hobby. <laughs> milkshake? Just put it down there. <laughs> She'll milk know steak with milkshake boiled hard with jelly beans. <laughs> She'll know what it is. <laughs> All right. So uh, this, I'm gonna give a, a a warning that I am not an expert in this field. Neither am I. I know more about electric fish than I do electricity as a whole. But I do want to explain how it works because I think this kind of paints a picture of how dangerous the Pokemon world would would truly be, um, which literally was one of the panels you and I presented at ColossalCon, why you would not want to be a Pokemon trainer. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's terrifying. Um, anyway, so there's two different things we talk about when we talk about Watts. Um, watts is is you know how we measure electricity but it's made up of voltage and amps so voltage is how quickly uh something is moving so it's like the pressure and amp is how much is moving per second so one is the pressure and the other is how much is actually coming so i think of it as two different water guns both the same amount of water one has a large nozzle and the other has a small that's your amp so the size of the nozzle is like the amp so you know how much can escape almost like a surface area so they both can push out the same amount of water in 30 seconds. So the water in the gun with a small nozzle has to push out at a faster rate to empty the same time. So it has a much higher voltage. It hits you harder. The gun with the larger nozzle pushes the same amount of water out with less pressure because it can escape more easily. Um, so like, you know, your friend gets soaked with that, but they have no wells. Make sense? Yes, 100%. Yeah. It's like a super soaker versus a garden hose. Or not a super soaker, like a, a pressure washer versus a garden hose. One's going to cut your leg open. One's going to be moist yeah. and annoying. Well, and here's here's the other way I describe it is that, so yeah, not to be overly nerdy on a Pokemon podcast, I guess. Uh, but in Dungeons and Dragons, there is no such thing as water damage. It's force damage because it's not the water that hurts you. It's the pressure behind the water. Yes. Makes All right. So let's talk about electricity, though. Amps. So currents above 10 milliamps, which is like, um, it's a hundredth of an amp. They yes. can paralyze. Oh, milliamp you. is a thousandth. Yeah. So they can paralyze or freeze your muscles, um, which, which when it happens, you know, people's, their hands contract. So like they grab tighter on a wire or an object or a tool. Um, so this is why shocks are dangerous because the muscles contract or paralyze. Oh, now we understand why electrotypes get paralyzed, you know, get paralyzed. Well, electrotypes are immune to paralysis now. Yeah, because they create it. That's the whole yes. point. So 
when you if you can't let go of the electrical current though this can lead to respiratory paralysis uh which you lose control of your breathing and yeah so we'll just talk about that though like so like one milliamp is like is like a faint tingle right so we just gave you an idea of what 10 milliamps sounds like so like let's just say 50 to 100 milliamps so that's a very painful shock you can have respiratory arrest you know there's muscle contractions so you know that's dangerous so it, when we start getting into like actual amps like just one amp so a thousand milliamps that's where you get you know the ventricular fibrication and you get like the the uh was it heart palpitation that's the word yes uh and then the muscles contract you know you get nerve damage and that's where you are very likely to die and, you know, even just 10 amps, you can have cardiac arrest. So I'm telling you all this because, again, we talk about the amps and that voltage. It has to deal with how how quickly it's escaping. So how much electricity does Pikachu need to kill you? Well, it probably could kill you pretty easily. <laughs> so, like, think of it this way, though. A fingertip of static electricity has, you know, 30,000 volts, but it doesn't kill you. However, a wall outlet, it's 120 volts, and you can die. It's the amps. It's how how spread it is that's going to you know and how quickly it's moving that determines how you know if you're getting hurt or not does that make sense 100 percent, yeah yeah so the you know it's it's the amps are what kill you because the current interrupts your heartbeat so you know isolated shocks they don't kill you because the current doesn't go across your heart make yeah. sense yeah, if yeah. they're localized to one area, like yes. in one finger, out the other finger, and they're not going through yes. your body. So the more spread the amp is, the more dangerous it can be. Yes. Yep. So, and I hope I got that right. But so that's something to talk about, though. And like Pikachu's signature move is what? 10 million amp? 10 million volt thunderbolt? 10 million volts. Terrifying. 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 I think that about I, too, like it, it causes... um. Uh, like that, like any any amount of electricity that causes like visible burns, like arc yeah. flash burns, is a ludicrous amount. Yeah. So uh, you don't want to handle this thing. You don't want to be friends with it. It could kill you. Let's move on and talk about the actual Pokemon and their rodents. Okay. So let's start off. We'll talk about Pikachu. Yes. So the. Most iconic of all Pokemon, um, everyone's mom will name nine Pokemon are Pikachu. Um, everyone knows Pikachu. Meowth was actually almost the OG mascot, but they decided with Pikachu instead. No, so. no, no. It was it was almost Clefairy. It was almost that's right. My bad. I apologize. You have better it, lore it, than like me. Like literally, literally, that's uh, one of the, one of the comics. Clefairy is the mascot. That's right. You're right. I apologize. Forgive me. But yeah, anyway, so Pikachu, you know, it stores electricity in your cheeks, just like rodents store uh, food in their cheeks. Yes. And it, and it, and its name comes from Pika and Chew, right? Like like meaning... Uh, 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 well, there's the Pika, which is an actual critter. Yes, like mouse and then Chew, like that. that... Yes. Yeah, that sounds sounds good. Everyone look up Pikas. They're adorable. But yeah, um, but they also they all they, they don't just use it to store food. They carry food and transport food, and you know that's how they care care for their young. Mice and rats do not do that though. This is like special, I guess, right? Um, yes, if I remember correctly, um, most of them. I don't think they like hamsters do. Chipmunks do are kind of the main ones, and then there's well, there's the pouch rat, which might have cheek pouches. One last fact about Pikachu though is that uh, they're surfing Pikachu. 
and people think it's like you know like really stupid but rats are good swimmers they can swim like half a mile yeah, it's um, it's impressive. Uh, they're very good at swimming. They're very good at kind of everything, actually. So, like, if a rat was the size of us, it would be able to swim 120 miles. That's impressive. The furthest distance a humans ever swam was like 70 miles. Yeah, I think someone swam farther farther now. Um, but like, they had all sorts of stuff going with them. I'm sure. I know there was a guy recently that swam or swam around Great Britain. That's terrifying. Yeah, he was a pretty cool guy. Don't, I don't remember his name. Don't, don't pick a out. fight with that guy. Yeah, no, you'll. <laughs> He, he talks about having a jellyfish get stuck in his ear and he swam for like another 11 miles because he had to or to get away from a whirlpool. Um, yeah, he's an intense fella. He swam for okay. six months. Uh, tell me about Raichu, though. Yeah, so Raichu is one of our mascots that has helped win worlds. Yeah, uh, Raichu, Wolf Glick, check him out. Great match, great set, great player, great Pokemon. Um, Raichu is based off the kangaroo rat, which I have gotten to see one before because they're super cool. Um, and they're adorable. They're native to like the Western North America. So like, especially like your American Southwest. Um, I was in Baja when I saw one. Kangaroo rats do have the cheek pouches for storing food. There's a couple of different species. Some get bigger than others. The banner-tailed kangaroo rat is, I believe, the largest, which gets about six inches long in body and eight inches long in tail. So it's like a pretty, pretty good size uh, critter for the rodent world. So why is it called kangaroo rat? So they sort of have a stance where they put most of their weight on their back legs and they hop, hop about. <laughs> um, also, they're sort of they're really interesting. Cute guys, look it up. You it's can really also cute. find them too. They build um sort of <laughs> tunnels and trails through uh, grasses in the desert, and those little trails can be used by other critters. Um, their burrows can also be used as shelter during rainstorms and other stuff. They're um they're sort of a little keystone species, I would say. How so? So, um, so their burrows can be used by other small animals and insects for shelter in inclement okay. weather. And the fact that they sort of they sort of rescape and reshape the grasses through their tunneling um, allows like other plants to sort of grow in those niche kind of like kangaroo rat grazed and done through areas. Now they're they're like really sensitive to like the weather and temperature, right? Yeah, yeah, they're um they're very much they're like they're also an, I would say they say they're probably sort of close to if not are like an indicator species, where um like the habitat they're very sensitive to changes in their habitat, whether it be like invasive plants, or like difference in weather patterns, or like other sort of outside influences, um because they need to have their trails, they need to have their burrows. Well, um, I, I hear I hear their mating rituals change, right? Yes, yes, they do. Um, like, like, like if uh, if it's like if it's like wet and rainy and there's enough food, they'll they'll like mate like crazy. Yeah. And if it's dry, if it's dry, they're like the you know the the female rats are like, no way, not today. Yeah, they get way more selective. That's the thing we see in some other animals regarding like the leanness of times versus that. Um, totally unrelated to rodents, but it's it was the best of times. It was the worst of times. Re- unrelated to that, but like sort of in the same vein. Um, coyotes do a similar thing, where when coyotes howl at night, if they don't hear more coyotes, it will trigger a hormone release in the female coyotes. They will have more pups the following time because to, like, refill there's... the population. Yeah, and because there's probably okay. more resources due to the lack of competition from themselves. Okay, so what about? My favorite world's winner, Pachirisu. Um, yeah. So Pachirisu is a squirrel. They're not rodents, though, are they? Aren't they basically tree rats? <laughs> Fair enough. All right, so so what do we know about squirrels? They're also delicious. I know they're delicious. Ew. Ew. So uh, you know, tell me about tell me about these squirrels. Um, so squirrels, 
Um, I mean, everyone. Well, it's not everyone. So please don't have squirrels. We have we have like three different species in Ohio. Yeah, it's over for like the fox, the pine, and the gray. Uh, we got the black. Yeah, it's a pine squirrel. Oh, is that what that's called? I believe so. We just know them as the invaders from Canada. Oh yeah, we have um in Florida we have the gray squirrels and we have the we have our own the the uh the Sherman fox squirrel which is very impressive. It's called the cat squirrel because it's like it's not quite the size of a cat but it's real big. Well, and squirrels squirrels are are very uh can be very aggressive, can't they? Um, especially yeah, if they're like habituated to um to humans or like that, they can be quite picky about trying to get food from people. But they're also pretty intelligent too, right? Um, yeah, yeah. Um, we know the gray squirrel will um, it'll do like it'll fake food caches, like it'll fake bury its acorns a few times to trick other squirrels or birds that are watching. Um, they have different alarm calls for predators. Like there'll be a different bark for like a snake versus like a hawk. Um, okay. They're also like you think squirrels only eat nuts. Um, squirrels will actually eat a lot of other things. Um, pine squirrels actually, fun fact, they did a study a while ago. Um, I saw them eat um, Burger King once. Oh, I'm not surprised. I was going to say I that. I literally saw one take take one out of a garbage can, unwrap it, and eat it. In a less cute thing, um, they looked at uh, leveret, which I believe a leveret is a baby rabbit or hare, maybe just a hare mortality, and they found that a significant predator in the winter time of uh, leverets. I think that's the word. If not, I apologize. Um, was pine squirrels were actually killing and eating baby rabbits and hares. Ew. Ew. Yeah, because um, they wanted that sweet, sweet calcium. There's also um, pretty common pretty common occurrences that squirrels will eat bird eggs or baby birds. You know, all I can think of is uh, there, there was a fight in Marvel Comics between Squirrel Girl and Wolverine. Yeah, Squirrel Girl's busted. Squirrel Girl, like, totally won. <laughs> Yeah, she wins every fight. Isn't that like her thing? Yes. Do, do, do. I'm a squirrel. Uh, all right. So, okay. But we all know squirrels. You know, they're pretty, they're pretty, pretty interesting. You know, I didn't realize how far they can actually like jump though. They can jump pretty far, right? They can. Um, I'm trying off the top of my head. I'm trying to find uh, just how far <laughs> they can jump, honestly. Um, like I've seen them jump like at least 10 feet. Yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. Um, also, they're, and like, they're they have that tiny body. I mean, that's a huge distance comparable. Oh yeah, I mean, if you've um, like seen a squirrel up close, like they honestly, for their fluffiness, they have some pretty impressive like muscle definition. Um, and then we also, yeah, they're, always, like, really, also they're really they're really funny looking when they're wet. Oh yeah, it's hilarious. And then they also obviously have um, there's obviously also flying squirrels. Um, shout out to Imolga. Um, flying squirrels are which we talked about before. And we talk about their diet, which like they do also eat berries, which they talked about in the um in the Pokedex about how they eat berries. But flying squirrels also eat um a lot of birds' eggs, a lot of like fungi and nuts. Um they'll also eat insects. Um So squirrels are essentially scavengers that will eat whatever they want. Yes. Anything from Burger King to baby rabbits to nuts and fungus. Yes. Yeah, I would say they're um they're like omnivores that lean herbivores. Like they're very like typically herbivorous leaning omnivores. I guess would be like a way to say it. Okay. Okay. I, I wouldn't say go all the way to scavengers, but they will scavenge on stuff. Let's talk about let's talk about our boy though, Toga Demaro. All right, you want to field this one? I know you're a fan. Everyone thinks he's not a rodent, so fine. Let's talk about his two different uh, bases. Yeah. So. Yes, he's based on a hedgehog, possibly, partially. I don't know. And we've said in this show, 
And for anyone who doesn't believe it, like you're just missing out. Like so many of the Pokemon are based on more than one thing. Like it's not an exact science. It's a children's game, people. Nothing's going to be exactly perfect. Like this thing is not based on, you know, the Western Lowland Rhinoceros. Like, yeah, no way. You don't say (laughs) a game using animals with magic powers isn't based perfectly on the real world. (laughs) Yeah, but hedgehogs aren't rodents, Uh, you know. They're 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 like you know this group of animals what like hedgehogs shrews and moles they're all like they're blind aren't they? Um, I don't I know or they don't have they don't have great vision for sure. Um, yeah. moles probably the worst. I think shrews are probably I would say hedgehogs have like the best out of the three. Of the, yeah, of the three, my sister had a hedgehog and it could definitely angrily huff when I walked near it. <laughs> so um, I would say like probably has okay vision. Okay. Well, yeah, so they're not rodents, though. You know, they're confused of it. They're confused for rodents because of their size and stuff. But uh, they are insectivores, and they like to eat small bugs and insects. Um, You know, the most obvious thing that we all recognize about hedgehogs is the spikes. You know, uh, they raise up to defend themselves. um, And and they can use them offensively, too. Uh, You know, now Pokemon did do a good job because they said, you know, it's steel, and they put, you know, they said they could. Ha- ha- they okay, sorry. So Pokemon did a good job with this because you know they could have said it. You know it is steel put into the body or something cool, but they specifically said that it's just hair. Yeah, which is kind of like the quills, right? Yeah, I like that a lot. Actually, it kind of shows that it's like all like the protective outside. Yeah, but it, I don't know. I like that it is immune to poison because in real hedgehogs, uh, they're one of four animals, including pigs, honey badgers, and mongoose, that can stop snake venom from binding. Yes. So they're immune to certain poisons, just like their counterparts. So that's kind of cool. However, there is a rat that there is possibly some basis from. I actually didn't know about this rat until you were uh, telling me about it. Yes. So um, because we have said a thousand times on this show, Japan loves Japan, loves Japan, loves Japan. Ryukyu? Spiny rat. Sure. Ryukyu. Hope I'm saying that right. So it's literally a rodent that is found in the Ryukyu archipelago. I can never say that word. Archipelago. Thank you. Of Japan. I can't say Japanese stuff, but I can say other words. <laughs> you know what? When we were at uh, Matsuri God, uh, Dr. Horton had to do that for all the biology words. It's like, I can't do these, dude. <laughs> I think I did the same thing at um... Colossal Con. I, can't I did, do it. yeah. I can't do it. Um, so, yeah, it's literally a subtropical rodent <laughs> yeah it, i looked it up it's a neat, it's a neat critter and it's got fan. spiky hairs it's a mouse and it's from japan um and uh just like most of, a lot of things in alola in their decks this species is is threatened by habitat just habitat destruction and their predators are feral cats and dogs and mongooses is it mongooses or mongoose mongooses and they have competition with black rats. Hmm. Sounds awful familiar to a certain Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And its name in, in Japan is literally Togenazumi. And it lives on a small secluded island, just like Togedemaru. And it lives on an island threatened by non-native mongooses, just like Togedemaru. And it lives on an island where there's non-native black rats, just like Togedemaru. I'm not saying that Toga Tomorrow doesn't have hedgehog aspects. Clearly, man, it's got the whole Sonic thing. But I'm saying that I don't believe that that is the only influence. 
Yeah, I honestly, um, I always assumed it was the hedgehog, but I, I honestly didn't know about the Ryukyu spiny rat. And once you look um, at it, and then you look at these other similarities, like you know, like habitat similarities, you're like, okay, maybe. <laughs> All right, talk about our newest rodent. I want to talk about it. All right, so uh, more is it more Pecco or more Peck? More Pecco, yeah, more Pecco. More Pecco. So more Pecco. Um, he is a hamster. Oh, he is a good boy. Learned you? about hamsters to talk about this little guy. Um, so the most common hamster the person the average person is going to encounter is going to be the Syrian or golden hamster, which is um like your common pet trade kind of hamster. Hamtaro. Yes, Hamtaro. Um, more peco though is likely based. So there's more than one type of hamster in the wild though. There's the European or black-bellied hamster, which, as far as I could tell, and I'm sorry if I'm wrong, but my like various googling about its home range, um, I don't think it has a native range in the UK per se, but it's in like Eurasia and Western Europe. Um, and it's the European or black-bellied hamster, which I think I just said. Um, it's l- much larger than the standard hamster. Um, it gets up to 12 inches long, which is like pretty substantial. It's um, huge, it has, man. Like, hamster proportions, so it's like a chunky boy. Um, and it lives like eight years, which is also significantly longer than the standard hamster. You know, my sister had so many hamsters growing up. Uh, they were how we learned about the circle of life. Yeah, they're not. Um, I've had a, a pair of blind cave tetras now for like eight years, um, and they're like several hamsters worth of worth of life from a two inch fish. So hamsters do not stick around. No, um, well, I didn't haul. mean that. I meant more so um, that we we got one that we were told was a male, and it had like eight babies. Yeah, they do. Uh, yeah, and then did, oh, did it and eat it, them? It ate like five of them. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember being like, "Stop eating them!" And they're like, "Nah." My kids disrespected me, <laughs> but I I like that it gets it gets hungry because anyone who's ever had a pet hamster knows that they just eat constantly. Yeah. Oh, the, actually, so fun uh, reference to the European hamster right here. Actually, about that. Um. So hamsters carry their food in their cheeks. They like yeah. food, and the European slash black bellied hamster can have a cache of food in its burrows. It can have up to sixty five kilograms of food stashed away. What? Yeah. So they like food. Like, why? Because. <laughs> I'm assuming that's just how they spend their time, is just putting food in holes. And but then, like, like eventually. <laughs> but that's just, that's so amazing, though, like, to think about that these things literally eat that much food. Yeah, oh, it's a ludicrous amount of food. And I guess, too, if you're um, in certain parts of Europe, I'm sure you've got quite the winter to deal with. So um, having that much food just means you don't have to worry about it at all. So I guess it makes sense. I'm excited to see um, it, though. I'm excited to see what it does. Yeah, I look forward to it. Hopefully we get something cool. Hopefully we'll see you at, at Worlds in a couple of years. Hamtado. Hopefully. All right, let's wrap it up. I feel like we should not be trusted to do episodes alone. I feel like they take way too long. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, I can't wait to go get food. I feel like we are Shaggy and Daphne trying to solve the mystery. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, we're kind of just adrift in the wind. Um, I, <laughs> I don't know where to go. <laughs> I mean, I feel like I'm Shaggy. I've been thinking about food for the last whole. Day. I've talked about eating like four of these animals. Um, I mean, I'm vain enough. I can be Daphne Blake. I'm okay with it. That's fair. <laughs> Uh, anyways uh yeah so thank you guys uh we have two more patron shout outs sparklefish and forest trim seriously thank you all of you 
um, all of you patron supporters, I will be giving one of you a shirt for Christmas. I'm going to be raffling it, and just one of you guys will get one. I really appreciate it. Um, you guys have taken a load off of mine and Lucas's chest. Like, you know, you guys, you guys have really made this easier for us, um, which has allowed us to invest more of our resources into other things that we'd like to do, like the network. So we really appreciate it. And it allows us to keep everything going and keep the old episodes up. So seriously, thank you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Your gifts are coming. That said, uh, by the time this episode's posted, there will be a poll to vote for September's episodes, an animal episode, which will be first, which Don and Lucas will do. Yep. And a cultural episode, which I will be back on to do. And we came up with a lot of choices for them. I hope you like them. Um, and we have a few other interviews set up coming into October. I have two, two we're planning. Uh, so this is pretty awesome. So if you want to join Patreon, there's still time to go and vote. Uh, and for those of you who are our Patreon members, seriously, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Go vote because I want you to get to pick. Uh, again, you know how to follow us. Uh, Twitter, Facebook, you know where to find us. Please do give us a five-star review on iTunes. We really do. You know, they help us. We need them. We appreciate it. And please, 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 even if you don't live in America, even if you're not nearby, come participate in the Pokecasters event. This is a big deal for all three of us. The three of us took a long time to pick what charity we were going to work with, to pick what kind of event we wanted to do. We wanted to do something nice, you know, and we'd appreciate your help. Thank you, guys. Yeah, thanks again, everybody. Um, for real, it's bottom of the heart right here. Um, it means like, a it's lot. It's been a blast. I don't think I don't think people like like you know I I know a lot of podcasters are just like oh you know everything's all about me but like legitimately you guys getting us to get to go to conventions and stuff which is why Lucas isn't here recording with us like this is awesome yeah, go see Lucas right now though it will be over after the time this episode comes out uh yeah when this episode comes out he'll be getting ready for Labor Day weekend at a uh, Dragon Con that's you yes he will. Yes, he'll be, be at Dragon that. Con and uh, in September, I'll be at Flaming River Con again. Uh, so go check it out. You know, we we appreciate you guys coming out and we we love it. I will try to come to some other con, too, with one of them at some point. Ohio Con. Is that Colossal Con or is there just Ohio Con? No, Ohio Con's the one in January. You guys have too many things in Ohio. <laughs> it's because we're bored. I have to go to your state twice every year. <laughs> okay. That said, goodbye, everyone. Have a good day. Bye. Have a good one.